Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Here's the first thing I want you to write down this morning. Because this affects our life the same way. Surprise. God's timing is often not our timing. He was shocked. It came finally at this time. God surprised him with an answer. Now, what kind of prayers would Zechariah have been offering? Well, some private, and he's not going to know this yet, but the three main prayers that he would offer would be answered by this visit from Gabriel. We all have deep desires, ones that we dare not admit to anyone. We're afraid to even pray for them in fear that God will say no. Sometimes we have things we've prayed for for years with no answer of any kind from God. Pastor Mark will be telling us about someone just like that, Zachariah. We will learn about how God has a very different sense of timing than we sometimes would like him to have because it's not the same as ours. We will learn about the need to exercise perseverance in prayer and remain faithful to God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he begins his message, Our God is Full of Surprises. title of this week's teaching is Our God is Full of Surprises. You know, life in general is filled with surprises. And we're going to study about four people today. As we do that, can I remind you, they're just like us. They were ordinary people that God used in an extraordinary way. We're going to talk about Many things, but two supernatural surprises. Here's the first thing. You don't need to write it down, but it will get us into context. Promise surprise number one, the birth of John the Baptist. The miracle, Elizabeth, who would be the mother, was an elderly and barren woman. We begin in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judah... There was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Now, both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. They had no children because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well along in years. So here we have normal Jewish people. Both of them, Zechariah and Elizabeth, were from a priestly line. 
Unlike many of the religious Jews at that time that Jesus had to say, you're not into it, you're in dead religion. These two people were righteous in their walk with God. And we discovered, as you go through here, that they prayed consistently, even though one of their prayers, after all these years, to have children, had never been answered by God. Now look at verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, these were all the priests, they would come to Jerusalem, especially for the three festivals, and they would break up into groups. Well, his division was on duty, and he was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. The first thing that I notice, and I think it's big for all of us, in spite of this key unanswered prayer, after all these years, both he and his wife were still actively serving God. They didn't give up on using their gifts because of those disappointments. And when the time came for the burning of the incense, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Let me set the place for you. It's easy to see what happened. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they worshiped God, both priestly line. The priests would come and they would do a lot of things in the temple. Outside the temple, the people, men and women together, would would just join. And when they would see the incense going up to God, they would pray outside. Well, here in this particular time, a priest would always pray for this one special thing. In their lifetime, there would be one time when there was a lot cast. They were chosen by a lot. They could offer the incense. One time in their whole life, this is what happened on that day. Zechariah was chosen to go in. What a surprise to him. And let me just tell you up front kind of where they're at. Most commentators believe they were both in their 80s. So he'd served all his life and never had the privilege of doing this. So what a surprise to him. Well, while he's getting ready to do that, watch what happens in verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. God's timing came when Zechariah was chosen to burn incense, and it happened once. Here's the first thing I want you to write down this morning, because this affects our life the same way. Surprise, God's timing is often not our timing. He was shocked. It came finally at this time. God surprised him with an answer. Now, what kind of prayers would Zechariah have been offering? Well, some private, and he's not going to know this yet, but the three main prayers that he would offer would be answered by this visit from Gabriel. For one thing, the Jewish priests would be praying for the Messiah to finally come. Since the Old Testament, there was 400 years where God didn't talk to the Jewish people. 400 years. But they knew the the Messiah was promised to come. You'll see in our story, that's one of the prayers that are going to be answered. The other prayer would have been for him to be able to serve the incense. It's being answered. But there's still one personal prayer that hasn't been answered. What would that have been? 
for a child. Now, if you're 80, just say no way. Don't laugh. Just say no way. I mean, there's just no way. So there's the prayers that they've been praying. One of them's already been answered. He, he is doing the incense. Watch what happens. Verse 12. When Zechariah saw him, this angel Gabriel, he was startled and went gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Watch this. Watch this. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you're to give him the name John. Now, Zechariah expected to see this angel about as much as you and I expect to see one when we walk out the door today. This was a total surprise to him. But the angel assured him, don't be afraid. You are going to be a father, and your wife is going to be a mother. Now, we have no idea what's going on in his mind at this time. Of course, this is coming from God. And what the thing that I like is this. Just turn to your neighbor right now and say this. Your prayer has been heard. Just do that. Your prayer has been heard. What do we learn from this? Write this down this morning. Surprise. Never stop praying. God answers prayer. You see, Paul even said that in 1 Thessalonians. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Everyone listening to me this morning, some of you sit here with an unfulfilled need that God has not answered. Now, what I think is so beautiful is this couple never got angry at God. They never thought that God had forgotten them. They just kept praying. Maybe you're here this morning and you think that God's forgotten you. You've been praying. Maybe you're single and you've been praying for a spouse. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe you have a job and it's not enough for you to provide for your family. You've been praying for a job, but it hasn't happened. Maybe you have family members that have not become believers yet. Maybe you're still childless. Can I remind you that God has not forgotten you? Just sometimes his timing is different than our timing. God loves to give good gifts to his kids, so keep praying in faith. God will meet your need. Don't get angry with him. Now, there was another surprise for Zechariah. There was no ultrasound needed, and he didn't need to pick a name. Because it's going to be a boy, and what's his name going to be? It's going to be John, where he's a no-brainer. Now, the next thing we see in the scripture, and I'll go through it quick... The angel tells the parents, here is how to raise your son, and here's what God's going to do with your son, how he's going to use him. Let's look at verse 14. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is interesting. Even from birth, many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, watch this, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." Let me just talk to you about the five things quickly. You don't need to write them down. There's a couple things I want to give you. Number one, the angel said he will bring joy 
to you as parents. Our kids are a gift from God. They're to bring joy to us. Be a kid. Remember what it was like. Enjoy your children. Notice what he said, fathers, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Can I challenge you this morning as a father? Is your heart about money, business, power, position? Or is your heart about your children? It's time to turn them back to our kids. That's the most precious thing you have. Next, he will, he, he will actually not only be a joy to them, but he'll be a joy to a lot of people. And you'll see why that in just a moment. He will be great in the sight of God. What does that mean? He'll do the will of God. He'll do what God assigned him to do. Number three, this is strange for us. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit before birth. Now, why would that be? Because he couldn't do ministry. He couldn't do life right without being filled with the Spirit. Can I ask you to write this down this morning? Surprise. You and I, to do life right, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It doesn't mean weird stuff. It means coming under the control, the influence of the Holy Spirit. We allow God to speak to us. And as he directs our life, we just fulfill that which he speaks to us. So you can't do that on automatic. It's got to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, number four was an interesting one. Watch this. Many Jewish people predicted would turn back to God because John would preach repentance. As I studied that yesterday, kind of going over my notes before the service early in the afternoon, God spoke to my heart about this, and I want to share it with you. You see, many of the Jewish people had, well, they had hard hearts for God. He hadn't spoken to them. Nothing was good. Rome was ruling. You know, we think today everything's bad here. It was just as bad in Jesus' day before he even came. Rome was just horrible. And so they just got away from God. They were Jewish, but they didn't go to the temple. They weren't interested in worshiping God. They just got away. But when John came, he would preach repentance. And many would come back to God. I believe God is speaking to many of you right now. You remember the time you walked with God. You remember the time when you were excited about having devotions in the morning, not to check them off. You were excited because God would open a new door for you. You could hear God speak. But many of you have walked away from God. You're here doing the Christmas deal. Glad you're here. You know what God's saying to you this morning? Come home. It's time to repent. It's time to come back to God. He loves you. He, has, he still has a plan for you. doesn't matter what you've done. I think it's a huge deal. All those people needed to come back to God. You need to come back to God. I'll speak to you at the end. But I wanted to tell you up front because that's what God said to me yesterday about many of you. It isn't me saying that to you. It's your heavenly father saying, I love you. I want you to come home. You can repent. Get back to me as your first love and watch what I can do with your life. And then the fifth thing, maybe the most important that John the Baptist would do, John the Baptist would prepare people 
for the coming of the Messiah. It was prophesied in Malachi. Look, I'm sending my messenger. He'll prepare the way before me. Now, here's something interesting. John's ministry was not about John, but Jesus. He was to introduce the Messiah, not only to the Jewish nation, but the whole world. Can I remind you this morning that when John the Baptist began to minister, eventually the crowds that were around him left. And where did those crowds go to? To Jesus. He was just introduced. In fact, John ended up giving his head head chopped off. So would you write this down this morning? John understood it. Sometimes we don't. Here we go. Take a look at it. It's very powerful. Surprise, life is not about you. It's about God. You see, Calvary Chapel isn't about me or any pastor. It's about God. Your life is not about your gifts. It's about God. And John absolutely knew that. He was a forerunner. Now, when you begin to see that happening... He was serving God regardless. He was there to make God look good, and he did. Can I just stop and say thanks to thousands of you over the last month? You have been involved in so many outreaches all over Brevard County and down into Sebastian. Thank you so much. You've been feeding people. You purchased angel tree gifts for the people that were less fortunate. You, you sent shoe boxes by the thousands down to Haiti. You did amazing things. And you know what else we did? Many of you don't know, but we wrapped gifts for people at lots of different places. Here's kind of a picture of what that looked like. And we, people would come and we just wrap up gifts for them. And here, here's what I found out from some of the volunteers. They wrapped gifts from everything from shoes to a 50-inch television. What in the world, how, much, how many rolls of paper did that baby take? I mean, and here's what is really good. Over these few weeks, they passed out 1,500 invites to Christmas Eve. Yeah, fantastic. Wonderful. See, they were making God look good. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I want you to write this down because sometimes you and I forget it. Remember, I tried to say from the beginning of the teaching, these are ordinary people. So write this down. Surprise. God has a unique purpose for everyone. I listed these things that John did. Later, we'll see the things that Jesus would do. But God has designed you uniquely, not to retire and just relax, but to do the word and the will of God. Look at this verse from Psalm 139. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, my mom's womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. In other words, Ephesians 2.10 says, works of good have been already created into you. He knows how he's going to use you. Average, ordinary people, not pastors, not John the Baptist, you and me. And then it says this, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So I want to challenge you as you think about that. He has this unique purpose. You have to discover it. And fulfill it. That's where purpose of life comes. It isn't about you. You can't be the head of your life. Don't waste your time. God only made one of you. And he uniquely, he needs you. And you will answer to God for your effectiveness and your faithfulness. 
John the Baptist was content to be the forerunner of Jesus. He was content. You have to be content with who God made you. And he wants to use you. Now look at verse 18. Now Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Now don't make fun of Zechariah. What would you have said if you're 80? (laughs) Say what? Angel, you've been into the wine lately or something here. (laughs) So here's what I want you to write. We need to expand our thinking to match God's ability. See, we look at everything from our perspective. That ain't going to happen. You can say this morning, that's definitely not going to happen. How could that ever happen? Look at God's ability. That's what the angel is going to say. Look at verse 18. I think there's something very important there. This couple have been married a long time. And Zechariah was a pretty wise man. He was a pretty wise man. Look what he says. How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. Now watch what he says about his wife. Does he say, and my wife's an old woman? No, he'd have been dead a long time ago. What's he say? My wife is well along in years. Men, take an action. Take a look. Look, you don't want to die young. Be smart with your wife. Okay, that was just extra credit that I decided to throw in. All right. Verse 19. And the angel answered, say what? You're not talking to anybody. I'm Gabriel. Watch this. I stand in the presence of God. He had been in heaven. Which heaven? Third heaven. See me go, third heaven. You missed it last week. Get the DVD. Okay. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day it happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Gabriel, you wanted a sign? Here's your sign. You will not be able to tell anybody about this surprise miracle. Till the baby cries, you will say nothing. But be assured, your unbelief cannot stop God's plans. God's word will come true. Can I hear an amen for that? Many times I have not believed God. God says, I'll just put you on the side. I'm going to do it anyway because you're gracious. Oh, God, thank you for your graciousness. So Gabriel says, well... You don't believe it, but it's going to happen. You can't stop the plan of God. He's going to do it. Now, we know that nine months later, Elizabeth gives birth to a son. This surprise birth brought amazing joy instantly, of course, to the neighbors. You can hear, you talk about Facebook, Lord, help us. I mean, whatever. And, but there was one more surprise to come. The story of the miraculous conception of John the Baptist shows the remarkable patience and persistence of Elizabeth and Zacharias. It also shows what can happen when you don't believe the promise given to you from God. Pastor Mark shared the importance of just being obedient to God. We hope you take that to heart and live it out in your life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. In the next part of this message, Pastor Mark will fast forward to the time when both Jesus and John are adults. We'll be learning about the importance of remembering that as Christ followers, our lives don't belong to us. We'll be finding out about the correct way to look and to deal with disappointments in our lives and how God has everything under control. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark shares the next installment of this special message, Our God is Full of Surprises. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.